the vape. <laughs> I'm vaping, not smoking cigarettes that much. <laughs> Me. Sorry, I didn't hear the first sentence. <laughs> I was saying, like, I'm just out here living. Like, if you hear any intermittent pauses, it's because we're just staring longingly at our dog napping. He's such a sweet baby angel. Have you heard of, like, that idea, like, some people employable? What? Like, people who are, like, differently abled or disabled or, I don't know, whatever, like, have, you know, we call some people unemployable. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I feel like, obviously, that's usually, like, in a more racial or, like, classist setting, but I think that it applies to people who are disabled, too. Like, we mm. think of them as unemployable, like, they can't be consistent, they can't keep a job. They can't do the things They can't do the people... same things or perform to the same standards. And it's like, okay, like, that makes sense to me for, like, someone who works in a shipping center, you know? <laughs> like, someone who works in, like, operations and has to move things around and lift heavy boxes for a job. But, you know, for, like, the jobs that we had, like, primarily computer-based, not necessarily of physical demand other than just getting to and from there, right? And yet, like, by virtue of us being people that were sick occasionally, like, that, like, somehow became, we were no longer able to be employed by this mm. because we couldn't just do the one thing, which was show up and not be sick. Exactly. Right? Like, because even when, well, yeah, but even just, like, I would show up and be like, they'd be like, how are you doing today? And I'd be like, I'm sick, as per usual. Like, you know, I feel like after a certain point, even that was like, what? <laughs> kind of yeah. like when you're like, I'm gay, and they're just like, oh. Like, some people are okay with it, and some people aren't. <laughs> like, sometimes, like, when you're, like, in the workplace, right? You're like, I'm gay, and some people are like, whatever. And some people are like, that's an interesting new development that I learned about you. That I hate about you. <laughs> that I'm going to decide over time that if I'm okay with it or not, but probably I'm not. Because and I'm going to show my... it through work, because yeah. it's illegal to do it otherwise. <laughs> They're like, I'm just going to say bad shit about you behind your back. Anyways, that's... But you know what I mean? Like, you're either like, yeah, I'm chronically sick all the time. Like, people are either like, wow, that's really hard. Or they're like, oh, like fake concern. And then they're like, shit, what does that mean for me? Mm. Or just like, you're faking it. Or you have hard days too. Or like, what? what is Or you're chronic? a complainer. That's another yeah. thing, is that you're a complainer, like, you're just, like, they're, like, they always say they're sick, but I feel like they just, like, are tired, like, they're not getting up sleep or Like, exercise. I get tired, too, I want to sleep in, too, I want to stay home and stay in bed, That's too. what they say, you know, they're, like, we all want to take sick days, and I'm just, like, I bet the <laughs> fuck you do, because you're not used to feeling anything other than perfect all the time. Your body just works. Like, the second that you got a stomach flu, you'd be like, <laughs> I can't do this. I have to take a full day off. And, like, <laughs> I was working from home, you know? Mm -hmm. I didn't take sick days. I took work from home days where yeah. I would be feeling like shit, but I would still be working because, you know, that's what you learn to do. Give them background information. <laughs> sure. Some background for uh, some chronic illness things. So for myself, and this is Maddie, hi. <laughs> um, for myself, I, I just recently got diagnosed with fibromyalgia as a part of like some interesting new body horror over this last year, um, but I've been dealing My with baby. chronic illness and chronic pain uh, probably since I was like 16 years old. Uh, at least. At least, starting with, you know, sort of like endometriosis type things and other pelvic uh, chronic pain syndromes. <coughs> 
in addition to probably like a bunch of other stuff that my doctors haven't like taken the time to like investigate right. properly but <laughs> right. this is the first time in my life i've had time to actually dig deep into it and you know fibromyalgia is one of the big things um so it's super fun to have needle bones when you're only four mm. um and and, have other shit. and also dealing with you know mental health um and mental illness since i was a fucking child mm-hmm. uh you know the whole shebang <laughs> depression anxiety body dysmorphic disorder <laughs> all the fun things uh but um I mean, that's essentially, like, what my background is, um, and, you know, for reference, the places that I used to work were tech and marketing-based jobs uh, in San Francisco, which is, I mean, undoubtedly, like, demanding. Top 10 companies. I worked at a top 10 company. I can't say what it was. Top 5, right? I'm not sure. Definitely. I don't, I don't know what the top 10 is. I don't either, but I, I know must... that there are, I know there's, I don't know, is there a different? I don't, whatever. I don't fucking care is the thing. But anyways, <laughs> I, I worked for like a top 10 company, I would assume. Um, if not in the top 10, probably the top 15. <laughs> it's top 10, maybe. Okay. And then I worked for like another successful like fashion company. Um, that's as much as I can say about that. But essentially... Um, I was let go from this very large tech company after I disclosed uh, that I was chronically ill. And they made some bullshit up about how my performance had just drastically dropped and they essentially were going to give me... They are basically giving me a one-week notice uh, to yeah. improve my performance in ways that they would not stipulate to me or explain further in any way. <laughs> and also couldn't justify when I asked them. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm unemployed. Um... I guess for me, in relation to this discussion, in terms of my health, uh, same thing with the mental illness, kind of uh, Maddie and I get along on uh, anxiety and depression when we were young teens, you know, I think 12 and 13. 13. (laughs) Anxiety, depression, uh, eating disorder, uh, food insecurity, basically... Yeah, the whole teen shebang. So, and like, then, basically, like, a you know, growing up, a lot of kind of environmental and home issues that were kind of pre-existing. Yeah, stuff. just trauma, just trauma. And um, good old trauma. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then as, as being an adult, just being low income, uh, was my health just started to get worse and worse and worse. Um, and, you know, most, most college students my age could you know, put things into their body like ramen and like rice and chicken nuggets and just some, and soda, um, just regular bullshit stuff. Um, and that, that was what I was consuming, um, too. But, uh, eventually my health was just so poor that I was like stuck in bed. I couldn't move. Like my body was just tearing. I was losing weight. Um, I couldn't eat, um, until I really got to like learn nutrition and learn but yeah, and just some other things on my health uh, with my energy and stuff. Uh, but either way, I uh, finished college, uh, air quotes, and <laughs> <laughs> I uh, have been working in a nonprofit management uh, ever since for the last like three or so years. You've been around longer. You've been working in but have been working for like pro- five years, basically like since you five almost, six years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I've. You know, I work with uh, youth, homelessness, HIV, you know, um, try to do community work, um, try to keep it grassroots. And, you know, I I lean towards direct service. Uh, You know, I I love to work with people. Um, (laughs) And 
I am a super high performer. I'm like an A plus student, and uh, this is all verified. I, I always do a kick ass job, and then I was wears like suits and shit. Then I was illegally terminated, uh, as decided by a court, for being the ill. Superior Court of California. Yeah, for being ill, um, for having to take sick days when I was sick, um, and then being terminated, being fired for it. Um, yeah, so that's fun. And uh, also, at work, just, I guess that's kind of what we were going to talk about, um, being different at work <laughs> and what that's like. And Yeah, I think that brings us kind of up to speed on, like, where we are now, which, I mean, we're, we're both, like, looking for, we both have and had job opportunities that either didn't work out or that we decided not to pursue, but so right now we're finding ourselves in a period of employment. That's how white um, people say we don't have jobs. Yeah, it really is. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm mixed, by the way. So, yeah, I'll be pretty white sometimes. Um, I'm just taking a break and finding myself is essentially what I'm saying. But um, so we're unemployed right now. And we lost our jobs. We to, lost our for jobs. Being sickies. We lost our jobs for being sickies. And it was decided by at least one court that that was illegal. Um and so we're in a period right now where we're kind of deciding what that means for what we're trying to do for our careers and also living in the most expensive city in the country right now, San Francisco, uh, which is an incredible privilege that we're even able to get here and stay here. Um, but it's Fuck yeah, but also it's hard, bro. but it's also looking kind of untenable after a certain period of time because this is not a city that, as we know, is kind to people who make under 100k a year. <laughs> it's hot out here. Yeah, and so I so something that I also wanted to like talk about was like that Vice video about like what the real cost is of living in San Francisco, which is not in a bad video at all, but I think is like actually one of the more stable cases <laughs> that I would say they could have chosen to highlight. I feel like they wanted to show that it was like quote like a family that. Had done persevering. Right. Well, tell them what it is. What is it about? So essentially, yeah. So essentially, it's just like following one one woman and her family, and how much it costs, like on average, for them to just keep up with living in San Francisco. And so she is a teacher. Their median income is like a hundred k a year, which puts them on the lower income level spectrum for San Francisco. And they live in a one bedroom apartment with two children, and they just are kind of like going through this video itemizing their costs, right? So, childcare, transportation, rent, food, food, um, you know, quality of life stuff. So, they're just like laying it out like, this is how much it costs for a person with like a quote normal job and a quote normal life, yeah, and like what that looks like in San Francisco, yeah. But I think you're right, I think it was kind of uh, an interesting I selection because. It was by no means, like, idealized, right? But I still think that, like, a lot of those factors that they chose to present were, like... she. Okay, so she wasn't, like, a very aggressive person in how she talked, right? So she wasn't, like, yeah, it's bullshit that I'm a teacher and I have to live in subsidized housing just so I can be close to where I teach. Like, she didn't have any of those attitudes. She was just, like... Yeah, like, we wish we could own a home because we have children, but, you know, it's just expensive here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's certainly not the mood that a lot of people have about the housing crisis. <laughs> you know, like, and, you know, she was, like, a person of color. She, I think, she, I don't know if she said she grew up in the Bay Area. I can't remember, but... I don't know. I don't remember, but, you know, she has, like, what would be, like, a typical trajectory. 
And I will also say that she's on the older side of the spectrum for what we consider to be a millennial because she was like 35. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like comparing that to like the people that I see living their lives on social media or just like the people that I've worked with over these like last couple years I've lived here. And I'm like, this is definitely like not a reality for a lot of people or if not, at least makes a good, a good amount of money. But she does have like a consistent job. You're right. You know? Yeah. So she's doing, it seems like they have consistent work because they have two children. That's... But imagine that shit. Imagine, imagine fucking you are a, t- are a professor at a university that's like a bajillion do- Like, they have so much of my money at that school. Yeah. They have like all my money that I don't, that I've never even had or earned yet. You know, I owe that school or I owe the government so much money to for going to that school. Yeah. You know? And... So they're rich. They have all the money. And then living in a compressed space is hard with a bunch of people. And they lived in, like, an apartment complex, too. Like, you know, like, so it's like they're also sharing their space with other people to a certain degree. Yeah. And on their income, imagine what they could get elsewhere. If they just moved one state over. Like, literally one state in any direction would be cheaper. Yeah. But I think you kind of, like... And this is the the re- the reason that I feel that we've been, we've kind of stuck it out here so long is because it's like the closest you get to a safe space like IRL. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I mean, at the same time, it's not. You know what I mean? It's it's like a white liberal space. It's like a Democrat. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like a white Democrat. It's, it's a like centrist. The, yeah, it's like a fucking seriously and well, and also it, increasingly. They don't like, care about people of color, man. They they well, hate people of color here. And I was going to say, also, increasingly, it's a lot of people who are not from here, either. It's not even people who are from California, because there's a lot of people moving here for the tech companies. Um, and so uh, we're inundated with populations that have not lived here that are gentrifying really rapidly. And it's really changing the culture of the Bay Area, just in general. And that, you know, it's not to say bro, that... Bro, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. I mean, it's not to say that, like... No, it is to say, like, it's expensive because white people are living here and because the big companies are here. That's pretty obvious to me. But it's also coming at the great expense of people of color. And, you know, I'm not trying to equate, like, what we're experiencing to, like, actual people who've lived here, (laughs) like, for their whole lives and are getting pushed out. But, like, we're on, like, the other... We're on the other end of that, though, as, like, the young people who came here to try and, like, have careers and, like, things that weren't necessarily giant tech... Or, like, you know, even people who came here to be creatives, you know, because right. this is a place where people would flock to for fashion and for art and for music and all that sort of thing. This, yeah, you could come here. To like, be a thinker, you know, like, you could be, you could Homeless go. people do, like, you could come here and be homeless, you know? Yeah, you act, yeah. And have some kind of community, ideally. Mm-hmm. Like, know? this was still, like, a somewhat attainable, like, little dream place, right? And now it's becoming, like, this bubble that's being lifted off of California uh, that you have to pay a $3,000 ticket just to get up there, you know? Uh, every, um, every fucking... And so it's just become completely inundated with people <laughs> who... That's a good analogy. <laughs> well, they just really, like, don't think about anything outside of the whiteness and the gentrified communities that they live in, you know? Yeah. Like, they really don't consider it in even the slightest. And I'm speak- I'm not saying this just as a generalization. This is having worked with these people. Um 
Yeah. And by these people, I mean white people. Um, white techies, tech bros. White white tech, techies. Tech ladies, and I will say, like, East Asian... Trump supporters. Trump supporters, East Asian people, too, you know, um, if mm-hmm. we're being fair. <laughs> Everybody's getting pushed out. We're kind of on the cusp of that, where we're deciding if we're going to get pushed out, quote-unquote, um, which is a huge privilege to have, to be able to even make that decision. To, exactly. Like. Um, but, you know, we're... Even if you play along with, like, what you're supposed to do and, like, the chosen trajectory for, like, how to make it in this city... Like, or it doesn't, life. Or life. It doesn't mean it's going to, you know, inoculate you from discrimination and from people fucking you. I'm just... I'm very white-passing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I can tell people people definitely in in job interview situations or just seeing my name on a resume you mm-hmm. could tell that they're just like oh sounds more trustworthy because mm-hmm. it's white <laughs> like, yeah. you're like, like what is that what is that or what if they were like oh are you french <laughs> in unemployed is weird and uh i just got approved for state of disability and that's a very weird feeling too when you're 24 yeah what's that like when you're 24 years old oh when you're 24 years old and you're chronically ill to the point where your body is like semi-disabled it feels really weird (laughs) and sometimes you want to sink into like a tar pit Um, (laughs) no i mean like yeah it's body hell but just part of my life now Mm. which is what i'm sure that all people say (laughs) Uh when they come to that conclusion and this is not also like meant to be like oh boohoo like you're chronically ill like i'm not in the i'm not like who cares? You're I'm allowed not to down. say what your experience is without... Yeah, I'm just, like, I'm just trying to, quali- like, clarify. Like, I'm not trying to have, like, a contest for, like, who's more disabled than other people. I'm just... This is my personal experience with this. Yeah, and it's it's tough, and it's fucking hard, and uh, it's hard to, like, accept limitations when you've traditionally been a person who's just been able to just push past all the shit, you know? Like, I used to be able to go to punk shows and drink all night and party and go to work for 50 hours a week and do all my classes and make a lot of money and blah, 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 blah. And then it stops because you get sick. And I think that that's okay, but it's it's very jarring to be in that period of my life right now, right? Because it's just like this continual kind of like upward momentum, sort mm-hmm. of. And then you just kind of have to put it on hold for a bit. Mm-hmm. And so that's giving me a lot of time to confront what being disabled is like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just generally frustrating. Mm-hmm. Right? Too much time to confront? Or is it a good thing? I mean, marijuana is good. Yeah. And video <laughs> video game. I mean, there's lots of things I can do to fill my time, obviously. Like, time is something that I have a lot of right now. Um, and I have a lot of things to look forward to, too, that are, like, keeping me occupied and busy. But like hitting plat in Overwatch. <laughs> but you know, I'm still thinking about that. I'm kind of sick, you know, like all the time. Mm. Um, but would you be thinking that anyway, though, if you I were mean, working? You know what I'm saying? That's the thing is that usually when I'm working, I can ignore my health. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's a classic thing we all do. <laughs> that's a classic thing that like I do. You know, is that like when I'm working, I definitely have that part of my brain that can just like block out. Pain, body needs. pain and emotion <laughs> until the job is done right like you know i i have been that type of person like i can work 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 and then crash for like two days and then keep doing it yeah um and that's just kind of been like my pattern because that's like what i was used to doing to pull off all the shit i was pulling off um and so now like when i get tired just taking my dog on a walk it's really weird 
you know, mm. because I'm used to being able to just be like up and up all the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, so I, I have to take it into consideration when I'm like, Hey, can I do this task today? Or is it going to like fuck me over? Yeah. Um, you know, and I have to be really aware of my physicality just to be able to feel good enough to even just do the other stuff, like any emotional labor, any just like brain power I need to exert. Mm. Like all of that has to come into consideration because if my body is like demanding attention, obviously I can't focus on anything fucking else. Mm. Yeah. What's that like for you? Like I said, it's a lot of self confronting and being like, all right, this is just going to be part of my trajectory now is that now I get to check that little box on my contracts when I get jobs that says that I'm a disabled person. You know, mm. because I'm not going to allow myself to get fired like that again mm. or let go of it like that again. Mm. Um, because I didn't used to check that box because I'm stubborn. Mm. <laughs> but like now I'm going to check that box always. And my employers are always going to know I'm a chronically ill young person. Uh, and that will be something that I'm dealing with at almost all times. Yeah. But that doesn't negate my ability to do this the job, job that do I'm, it good. I, I, cause the thing do it better is, than anybody else. I don't, um, I don't never gonna like apply for a job that I don't think I can fucking do. You know? Yeah. Like, cause I've never seen a dream job that I'm just been like, I'm gonna ignore all of these requirements yeah. and just go for it. You know? Yeah, I'm yeah. always. Let I'm me always, waste everyone's time here. Yeah, I'm always <laughs> gonna be grounded in reality for like what is achievable. If I see something I don't know on a fucking job application, I still won't apply unless I think I can learn it. You know? Right. So, like, I don't fucking waste my time with applying to jobs. Like, I'm always fucking serious. Um, and so, like, that's going to be something that I disclose to people now. And I think that it's going to really narrow my pool. You know? Yeah. I think that it will it will bring to light that a lot of people would probably not hire me now. Mm-hmm. You know? Just because they're like, oh, just the liability of a person like that. Because the disability is now visible. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you I'm, had to disclose it now. Yeah, I'm di- well, I don't have to. I'm choosing to. Right, right. Um, I could still just lie about it, but then I fuck myself over in the, in the future. Because you, know? you have to pretend to be able-bodied. Exactly. Like everyone else. Yeah. Which, yeah. like, you know, people do that all the time. And it's mm-hmm. probably not the smartest thing. And But, you know, like, it took me this long to decide that, right? Um, and, you know, there's some companies that are like, we really do prefer people who are differently abled slash disabled or people of color da, 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 da. like companies and nonprofits in san francisco do that all the time and and i'm just always wondering uh if they actually like follow through on if that. that's even fucking true i'm like do you actually follow through on that because i'm hired still i you see so many white women working in nonprofit. it's crazy mm-hmm it's crazy and it's like you know props to you for like you know doing good stuff but I think that actually still the applicant pool is pretty small for people of color in nonprofit. Oh, uh, I don't know, because I got a lot of people of color applying to my work. I, I well, only but, hired people of color. I know, I but was the, like, we're, we're in a, but we're in management in a brown community. I'm not going to hire. Management um, positions, though? What, what? In management positions? Oh, I don't know. I wasn't hiring for management. Exactly. So, see? that's So, that's the... I guess that's more the point I was trying to make was for, like, management level stuff, like, in nonprofit and stuff, like... There's still a lot of barriers to entry there, right? Oh, yeah. Like, for people of color, degree. just, like... The <laughs> you have col- to get a college degree. You need a master's a lot of the time. Right, yeah. Uh, you need all this work experience. You need internships. Who the fuck has time for internships? Like, yeah, rich people. Yes. Rich people have so much time for internships. Like, I knew... Th- I, I just... 
encountered these fucking people in college who just were like on their third internship and they and their second you know, semester I'm like, abroad i'm like i've been fucking paying my bills my this whole goddamn time and fucking you assholes are on your third internships you still haven't gotten a job yet you still haven't worked in your life and then now they're all fucking sitting on 6k figures and i'm like oh watch privilege work you mean 600k oh six figures (laughs) sorry six figures figures they're getting six figures now and i'm just like oh whoa and i was like and you don't owe any money for school now what the fuck what the fuck is this allowed what the fuck ESPN fire host who called Trump a white supremacist. Oh my god. <laughs> the White House is spending its time being like, you know what? <laughs> Sending a fucking letter to ESPN Sports Center, fucking stupid. Sarah Michael Huckabee my- Sanders. <laughs> is that Sarah Michael? <laughs> anyway. Sarah Michael Huckabee Sanders is just living her best life right now she is just having the time of her goddamn life she just is a fire black woman from television shows from the fucking white house oh my gosh wait so what happened with that somebody called him a white supremacist on sports center or some shit no on espn it's like an espn reporter he's like this black this black woman um jameel jameel hill um so she was just like he's a white supremacist and he's surrounded by white supremacists (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on twitter she did it on twitter not even and on- it's fucking true it's like a fact yeah <laughs> she's just saying the truth <laughs> like, she's just saying facts she's and just then- saying the things that we all know to be real and then so espn was like oh we don't stand by those comments oh and they uh, said and, and they said and she admits that she made a mistake or some shit like yeah, that. yeah and then all these other people were like nah boy um why bro why are we acting like this why is the White House firing people or asking people to get fired yeah, from the media? from the media. I'm like, dude, there are so many bad things happening You know right how now you know they're country. a white supremacist? How it's run by white supremacists? Because they're mad that she called them white supremacists and now she gets fired. Only a white supremacist do that. <laughs> Wait. Only they would be so petty to just be like, we're fired. We want... ESPN fire her. For yeah, exactly. Us white That's such a white supremacist thing to do. Yeah, because they're sensitive. They're so fucking sensitive. Getting people fired and shit. People like, and this is not to like belittle her or anything, but like really, like the White House is is on Twitter, waiting, <laughs> seeing what's trending, and then decided that this was a proper use to, of time to send out a memo about. Well, you know, to tr- ask ESPN to fire this woman who you know was just was speaking Trump. the fucking truth. You know that was Trump just watching oh, yeah. the news. Oh yeah, he's just watching TV or he's on just Twitter. TV. He's just on Twitter, just like, did you see this? <laughs> Why did they let him have Twitter? I think they Twitter should really take take that power away from him, right, guys? You think that Twitter has the balls to fucking stand up to a sitting president, even though he's a psychopath idiot? <laughs> Do you really think they won't even like stop? People like fucking Richard Spencer, or people who are actually literally threatening women on the platform. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, they won't even like ban people who are just like, "I'll fucking kill you." I yeah. know where your house is. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, here's your address, and I'm gonna kill you." Yeah, and then people are like, "Please block them," and they're like, "Nah." So I don't think they're gonna block the president or uh. suspend the president. Imagine if he got his account suspended. It would be the funniest day ever. Everybody on Twitter would be like, hey, let's just go crazy because he's not here. 
<laughs> like, let's just do the wildest shit. <laughs> just a day of, like, joy where we, like, oh, no horror today. No horror No today. horror that we have to, like, directly engage with through our, like, main social media. Right. Yeah. Because it's, like, you have to fucking read it and click it, you know? Cause you don't I'm, like, have to, I'm, like, I, I don't do. want to. I engage. I, well, yeah, I'm trying not to. I try to I try to schedule, like, clock out times, like, from news shit. So I just, like, won't read about it or I'll just stay off Twitter. Um, and I'm not saying that that's for everyone. I'm, I've heard it's, like, a self-care thing, you know, because I noticed that, you know, for, the, for this whole year, I've just been basically, like, doing it nonstop, you know? And it's, like, bad shit after bad shit after bad shit. And you just kind of, like think that the whole world sucks and like (laughs) and and so like on the counterpoint of that like i'm the absolute opposite where like i'm engaging with that twitter 24 7 i'd be on the stories i'm reading like fucking like 30 articles a day or more like i'm constantly engaged um but the difference is too is that you know with chris's job and actually even the people that he served like the youth like those these are a lot of really like really intense trauma like really intense trauma and close close to home issues you know like with daca with all the ice raids with stuff like that like with cutting funding to sanctuary cities these were all things that were like directly in you know chris's life for like a yeah whole it was while. like at work i would go to work and deal with that shit because it would be like yeah, oh so- trump did this trump did this trump did this and then we'd be like fuck are we are, are all of our kids are showing up to school crying and shit because they're gonna get fucking deported you know and like Jeez, dude. Or, like, the cops are doing this now, and ICE is doing this, and then... Yeah. Oh, now now there's an immigrant ban, and, like, oh, okay, like, okay, everyone here is a fucking immigrant, so, like, what the fuck are we gonna do about this shit? Yeah, It's so, like, we could even go to work and just work, you know? You're just yeah, responding was, to what Trump's doing. Yeah, and so, like, that's... I think that it's totally justifiable that he wants space from media, because, like, it's in his life whether he, like, is engaging with, like, Twitter and shit or not, you know? I worked in a fucking fashion company where people are like, oh my God, did you see this? What Trump did? That's crazy. Like, that's the extent of the discourse. So, like, I was constantly engaging because I didn't have coworkers or even a work environment that was pushing that in my face, you know? Oh, I could yeah. I could be completely isolated from that in my job and I would never hear about what's happening on that, that day. Mm. But so that's why I'd be staying on Twitter 24-7, responding yeah, with cheeky comments, <laughs> uh, telling the president to suck a dick. Um, I, sometimes, do you guys ever just tweet at him something really mean? Do you ever just try to cyber-bully him? I don't know. What do we want to happen to this guy? I don't know. We're, I'm pretty sure it's illegal to threaten the president of the United States or wish death upon the president of the United States. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. I hope he, like, trips um, and breaks his ankle because it'd be really embarrassing for him. I hope he breaks something else when he trips, babe. His dick. Something higher. So? Sure. Oh. We shouldn't talk about that though because that's pretty traumatic for people. Yeah, let's 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 hang back. Let's let's reel it back. What were we talking about? We're talking about employment and engagement with politics. I'm pretty worried too, because recently, uh right, uh was it the FBI declaring Antifa as a hate group or or terrorist group? What? One more time. Antifa. What about Oh, Antifa as a hate group? Right, isn't that... That's a thing. I mean, like, it's not true, but... <laughs> right, but that, was it Department of Homeland Security, or was it... I don't know if it was actually an a-, a major agency, but it was definitely, like, the media stance. No, like, the it got declared as, like, a something. Let me check. There's a White House petition. <laughs> uh-huh. U.S. security agencies label group domestic terrorists. Antifa. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, domestic terrorists. Can you believe that? After Charlottesville. 
Yeah. After Charlottesville, they're gonna say Antifa's a domestic terrorist group. Dude, Antifa, the group that showed up in Berkeley with pink painted shields with flowers painted on them, and, and we're circling like the park that was the intended spot for the Patriot quote rally, you know, like right. So we're and then so they like beat. Okay, let's be fair. So they beat up like what, like seven to ten people that were like suspected Patriots. And people wearing Make America Great Again hats and people who were also well, getting in their face. I, I don't was, know. I don't know. I watched this. No, I watched okay. these videos. So there's like, they beat up like seven to ten people, I think. You mean they, they, they fought. They fought. They fought yeah. with other protesters. Yes. So f- fights broke out. Fights <laughs> broke out. No, but they did like, like actively like throw the first punches at oh, a couple they did. people. And that's, okay. I'm fine with that. For clarification, that. that's fine. <laughs> so, like, some people were egging them on, some weren't. Like, you know, I, I obviously wasn't on the ground. I was watching live streams. I was following Twitter as this was happening. But so, yes, okay, Antifa did, like, beat up some people. But I don't think that that is enough to designate them as a domestic terrorist group when, <laughs> you know, these white supremacists are showing up strapped to the fucking teeth with like rifles and actually running over that woman and killing her yeah um and actually uh are claiming that they're nazis neo-nazis and antifa apparently is still the issue yeah i mean like charlottesville white people the nazis were dressed as actual terrorists like they were literally all the torches and like they had assault weapons and fucking shit. I was like, what do you think a terrorist looks like? Yeah, can we talk about, like... What do you think it... If it doesn't look like that, what the fuck does a terrorist look like? And let's talk about, like, Antifa, like, aesthetic for a second. Like, all black is... All black and masks is, like, literally, like, anti-authoritarianism, anti-fascism, like, fashion from, like, forever. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like punks looking like punks, even the anti-fascists in like the UK and France were like, you know, like the skinhead punk kids, like mm. whatever, or like the London boys, the teddy boys <laughs> who would like run around and were really hot and would like beat up neo-Nazis. Do you know about this? Yeah. Yeah, the hot French boys who beat up neo-Nazis. But it's like the same, like, you know, like this is the same imagery that's been happening throughout history in other countries, right? It's all black, masks up. Like protect the people mm-hmm. <laughs> because the police are the police are killing them the police are killing them the police are supporting the police people. are part of the same group as the nazis they're like they're wink, the same thing. they're like passing them by and they're like wink wink <laughs> right they're just like giving them they're like look. they're like hey uh jeremy i'll see you at 24 hour fitness later <laughs> <laughs> this has been a really good and nuanced conversation about it. <laughs> but um, i think so <laughs> i think of antifa like i just because i'm you know, I'm, I'm like, differently able, you know, so I can't be doing physical shit. I can go to protests sometimes when I can or when I'm fucking mm-hmm. pissed enough that I'll just ignore my body and fucking Get fuck with cops yeah. and stuff. And then, how do you call it? And just don't care about getting, you know, I don't have money for bail or shit, you know. But, I mean, I'm white passing, so it's, like, safer. Lower risk. It's way, lower risk. It's way lower risk, you know, just everything is. <laughs> but, like, um, oh, yeah, Antifa. It's, like, auntie. <laughs> they're like your aunties yeah if you... antipa yeah that's the filipino version you turn yeah. the antipa the yeah uh, we we support the antipachists <laughs> yeah so you know if you're differently able people out there you know like that's one more thing i just want to say before we wrap up out here but uh if you're a differently able person and you're sick there's more ways to 
to be an activist than fucking being at a demonstration mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like that's one way to be an activist you know and that's that's not even like if that was the only, that was the only exclusive way to make social change happen then there's just there wouldn't be any social changes because it's it just takes more than that and it takes i think myself like just from my opinion is that it just takes you being active in your life and if you're a marginalized person like you know you working on loving yourself and you working on being happy in this crazy ass fucked up world that hates you you know that wants you to die sometimes like you know just living your life and being proud of yourself is huge work and uplifting other people who are different and who are um you know fighting the same fight you know that's that's something your emotional labor like right because i think differently able people like i i think we tend to be like um, like you know emotionally really competent and intelligent and so emotional labor to your your comrades you know i think that that's something really important too. Mm-hmm. of course no one's gonna get credit for that shit i mean my other takeaway would be to you know being differently abled and or disabled chronically ill mentally ill any of those things that are like really gay hard. gay well i mean well, I'll, well that's a whole other episode but i'm just constraining it to like this right now but i what i will say is that um this is like kind of like a weird time if you're like a younger person and you're in this political climate and you're in this job climate you're in this like life climate and you have any of these things that make life a little bit harder you've been told certain things you've been promised (laughs) you've been promised a lot of things and and you've probably worked really fucking hard like i think that differently abled people and people who are battling conditions and stuff are really tough fucking people because a lot of times you have to prove a lot and i you know first of all you're awesome and i think that it's amazing if what you're able to accomplish despite these really crazy turbulent times Mm. um you don't have to throw yourself in the street to be an activist you don't have to accomplish anything by any other person's measure of success Mm. in order to be a contributing member of society right um you know you are valuable and you have like your strengths and even if you're like working towards figuring out what those are i think that that's an important conversation that you can have with yourself and it's not easy and and do it and do it in a rose petal bath with a bath bomb yeah i mean like baths are not everybody's self-care but for the people like us who it is like it's really lovely put on like a different colored light in there and just you know they glow different beautiful colors I'm just so hyped on self-care. I fucking love it. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do a whole episode about, like, self-care, too. And, like, you know, you're welcome to reach out to us and talk to us about stuff and ask us questions. Or, you know, if you want to discuss anything, like, we'll talk about that. Because we're in this journey together, my man. Yeah. And women. And, And, like, (laughs) so, so this is just who we are and, like, where we are right now. We're just, we're unemployed people. We are existing in this very turbulent time we're dealing with the ramifications of how the world is viewing like chronically disabled people people who are different and you know we'll keep talking about things that we think are important or that you guys want to talk about and ted cruz likes cooking (laughs) (laughs) Um, the only and my last takeaway for this for this episode um is that we have to do our last segment it's rihanna oh shit Um, (laughs) and i think that uh it's worth saying that even though i am let's get fucking into this shit i think that it's imaginary long nails cracks uh (laughs) picks up blunt with my fucking tattooed ass knuckles and long nails um so even though i am unemployed and i am living on somewhat of a fixed budget 
I did definitely spend $50 on Fenty Beauty. Fenty Beauty drop. Fenty Beauty drop happened. And I'm still waiting. It's in how many shades? It's in 40 foundation shades. And for for, Uh, people who don't know about makeup, like how many shades do most lines have? They have like anywhere from like 25 to 30. And most of them are on the spectrum of lighter skinned. Like, then, almost all of them are lighter skinned. It'll be, like, five shades that are, like, somewhat dark. And what did she do? What did she do? <laughs> she made multiple undertones for darker skin, and she did a large variety of undertones for lighter skin. But she has one of the more diverse, major, like, mainstream brands out there right now that has darker foundation, which is really awesome. Yeah. And I got a highlighter stick that's called Chili Mango, because that's my life. <laughs> I'm a Chili Mango. <laughs> And thank you, Rihanna. I also love that you wore all yellow in your outfit because, mm. and with your titties out because that's yeah, also a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I had a really hard week and I bought your your makeup and I love you. And I hope that you're doing well and that you've already sold like a million units of your beauty line. So thanks, Rihanna. Yo, uh, and also shout out to everyone who's leaving the Kylie bandwagon. And getting on the fucking re-re trade. <laughs> and, and shout out to everybody who was never on the Kylie. Thank you. Yeah, like, you're the real ones. You're the real ones. You're the real that. ones. And you know what? I ain't never fucked with Kylie's lip kit. I ain't never gonna fuck with it. <laughs> because Rihanna only had to release one lip gloss to stop everything. And it's the only thing I'm ever gonna wear on my lips probably once I try it. So I'm never gonna try it. <laughs> but I'm sure that it looks good on all skin tones as she promised. Because I believe her about almost anything. Uh, Rihanna can say anything and i will it will be unspeakable truth and i'm just gonna be inhaling hopefully Mm -hmm. you know the the energy okay thanks a lot for listening guys we will be back with more rihanna updates and a new topic to discuss (laughs) uh thanks for listening and it's been so totally radical to hang out with you we need to sign off at some point thank you guys for listening this is chris here and this is maddie um Thanks for stopping by for our first episode, and please tweet at us at xtotallyradical at (laughs) twitter.com, where we're verified. Uh, Tell us about your favorite self-care thing that you do for yourself when you don't feel that good, and we will check in with you guys next time. Tell us your favorite spot to cry at and work. for stopping by for our first episode and please tweet at us at xtotallyradical at twitter.com <laughs> where we're verified uh, tell us about your favorite self-care thing that you do for yourself when you don't feel that good and we will check in with you guys next time tell us your favorite spot to cry at and work <laughs> the one, uh, but 